Welcome to Gateway Church Wirral Online. We're so delighted that you're with us this morning. So great that you can be a part of our live streamed gathering. Just to welcome you to this space and what we're all about. Um, to say that we as a church, we're all about seeing people meet with God, encounter him for all his goodness and his grace and for lives to be changed by him. As a church, we want to see a world transformed, made better and better through every life transformed by the grace of God. So our hope and our prayer for you today, meet with Jesus in the things that we're saying, in the things that we're singing, in the way that we're opening up the word of God, which is alive for us today. We want you to know Jesus, know that he loves you, know that he has a plan for your life. And as we're going through our gathering this morning, do please connect with us here in this live stream space. You can fill in our connection card. The tab, I think, is at the top of your screen. Request prayer if you'd like to. There are great, friendly people who would love to pray with you. And do just connect with us in any and every way that you'd love to. As a church, we gather. That's what we're about today. When we come to the close of our gathering, I'll tell you how you can connect with us going forward into the week. So have a really great time. Be blessed. Enjoy yourself and enjoy Jesus, we pray. Good morning, church. Uh, it's so good to be able to gather this morning as a church and a huge welcome to you. If you're new to us here at Gateway Church Wirral, a uh, big welcome to our, our friends from Oasis Church who are, who are with us today as well. So, so good um, to be able to gather, um, to be able to celebrate God's goodness and to be one um, around his word, around his um, heart for us and around his purposes here um, at this time. Um, in a, a little while we're going to be diving into the next part of our uh, well-being journey um, considering our spiritual well-being and how it is that God uh, wants to be at work within these dynamics and aspects of our lives um, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. If you've not yet received um, your book to, to journey along uh, with this do please get in touch um, I know some of you have been waiting upon uh, the latest delivery and it's arrived. Um, so we want to get those out to you. Um, if you're new to us, fill in the connection card. We'd love to get to you a free book um, and, uh, and that would be great. Do please also ensure that you're connecting with your transformed communities. Look, it is so important that we are encouraging one another in the journey, uh, helping one another to be accountable for the actions that we've been making. How did you get on um, last week uh, thinking about our physical well-being? Uh, did you resolve to cut some things out or add some things in? Erin um, uh, and I, we're, we're going to try and make some um, modifications to our sleep routine. Um, just have to get the kids on board with that, of course. Um, but anyhow, we want to be journeying this together. Really, really important. A few other things to say about what we're doing together. Um, our new social supermarket is coming uh, just a couple of weeks before we're able to open that and if you've not yet engaged with how you can be a part of that either helping in the shop or help with the stocking or the admin of the shop or other ways do please message us and let us know uh, we'd love to help you connect and on for february half term uh, we're going to be uh, packing uh, yet more hampers um, to bless families um, local to us and indeed right across the Wirral. Um, so great to have done a hundred of them at Christmas. Um, Grace says, let's do 200. And I said, all right, let's go. So uh, now it's uh, something we're going to be doing together. So look, if you're not yet connected with packing the hampers or distributing, it's for February half term. There's still time. Check your diary, sign up. We'd love to help all of you connect uh, with serving people and blessing people in this way. Now, in a moment, we're going to be worshipping together. Later on, you're going to have the chance to, to give if that's um, part of your worship, if you're part of the church. And, um, and right now, we want to pray as we commit our time to the Lord. Let's do that. Jesus, oh, we thank you. We thank you that you care uh, so beautifully and so wonderfully and so powerfully for every aspect of who we are. You want us to be whole. You want us to be well. You want us to be at peace with you, God, with one another, and bring us of peace into this world. So, Jesus, we thank you for everything that you have done in our lives. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do this day. And we thank you, God, for the opportunities you grant us for what we can do in bringing peace into our world. God, be with us. God, move in our hearts. God, go with us as we journey together for your glory, our good, and for the sake of this world. In your name we pray. Amen. 
God bless you. I'm going to get off my couch. Hope that you are too. Come on, let's celebrate God's goodness. Good morning. Good morning, Gateway Church. It's so good to have you again at home joining us online this morning. Have you had a lovely week? Have you been thinking about your physical health as you've been going about this week? Have you been doing your exercise? Have you been getting good sleep? Have you been thinking about the things that you're eating? I hope you have. If you want to get off and be doing star jumps whilst I'm talking this morning, that's fine. I'm not going to do them. I went for a run yesterday. I went for a run. I thought halfway through that my time on this earth was coming to an end, but I made it. I made it. I live to tell the tale and I feel better for it. So you can do it too if I can. Right. Now then this morning, we're moving on to think about our emotional health. And Nick in a minute is going to be giving us all of these different ways that we can be thinking and improving our emotional well-being. This morning, I'm just going to focus on on a little bit of that. And I'm going to think about being thankful. And because it rhymes, I'm going to say, are you thinking about an attitude for gratitude? I love that rhyme. I didn't make it up. You've probably heard it before, but I enjoy it because it rhymes and I enjoy rhyme. Now then, it is so important, especially with how life is going at the moment, it is so important that we are thankful. So what things are you thankful for? Let's start this morning thinking about what we're thankful for. Put them on the chat. Send in everything that you are thankful for. I've got a couple of things with me to represent things that I'm thankful for. I've got my Lego house again. (laughs) But I'm so glad. Thank you. Thank you. I've improved it. It's got a door. It opens and closes chimney's still there. So proud. Now, I'm not thankful for my Lego house. This is to represent my real house. I'm thankful for my real house. And it got me thinking, how often do we wake up and we get dressed and we brush our teeth, maybe we have a shower, we, we go into the kitchen, we get some food. And do we actually think every single day when we're in our house, wow, I'm so thankful that I have a roof over my head. I don't think that we are always so thankful for something like that, that we take, we take for granted quite a bit, I think, but we are so lucky. If you have a roof over your head, you're so lucky. And are you thankful for that every single day? And I've got this to, to remind me to be thankful for my house every single day. Now, what else am I thankful for? Let me see. <sighs> it's my dog. Look at him. I couldn't bring the real dog today because he'd be going absolutely crazy, jumping on everybody. But look, he's on a cushion. So I could take him everywhere. He's so good. I'm so thankful for my dog. Are you, th- are you typing in the chat? What are you thankful for? Now, I'm th- there's so many other things. I couldn't bring everything with me. I couldn't bring people with me today. But I'm so thankful for all of my friends that God has given me and all of my family that God has given me. There's so many things that I am thankful for. And it's so important that we are thankful for everything that God has given us. Everything on this earth has been given to us by God. And it's so important that we give thanks. The Bible tells us to give thanks. And especially at the moment, in the middle of this pandemic, I think sometimes we can get ourselves into a bit of a rut, can't we? And think about all the things that that we're sick of. I hear that a lot lately. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of that. We're sick of not being able to see people, not being able to give people a hook. Well, I bet before all of this, I bet you took for granted that you could go and visit your family and that you could go and give them a hug. I bet you took that for granted. I bet every time that you went and visited a family member in a different house, I bet when you gave them a hug, you didn't thank God for that hug. Every single time that you hugged them, I bet you didn't. But I know that I will now. The next time I'm able to hug a family member in a different household, I'm going to be so thankful There's so much right now that that we could be miserable about. But it's just ruining our emotional well-being. And instead of thinking about all the things that we can't do and that we can't have and that we don't have and we wish we had and we wish we could do, instead, if we want to improve our well-being, we need to be more thankful and more thankful for the things that we do have and that we can do. Now, to help us think about this a bit better, I've got some donuts. And I'm thankful for donuts. Maybe that's why I brought them this morning. Are you thankful for donuts? Now, hopefully, you like donuts. If you don't, please don't speak to me. No, I'm joking. Hopefully, you do. Now, I've got lots of different donuts here. We've got some sugar ones because there wasn't enough sugar in the donut, so we have to cover it with more sugar, which is a marvelous gift from God. We've got some, I've got a pink one. What's your favourite kind of donut? Oh, I've got a chocolate one with multi-coloured sprinkles. Here we go. I'll use this one. Here we go. Now look at a donut. Think about a donut. It's a lovely, beautiful ring. 
of sugary glory is a donut. Now then, if somebody gave you a donut, I bet you'd be pretty thankful. And I bet you'd say thank you and you'd probably eat it pretty quickly. And I bet what you wouldn't do is say, um, excuse me, there's a hole in this donut. Take it back. Don't want it. Some of the donut's missing. Where's the rest? I bet you wouldn't do that. You'd eat the donut. Because the donut is complete. It's finished. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing missing. It's a donut. And now this donut can represent our life. And I think sometimes what we do is we focus on, on the hole in the middle. We focus on what we're missing. And we look at our life and think about all the things that we wish we had. And we think, if I had this, then I'd be whole, then I'd be, then I'd be full, then I'd be done, then I'd be complete. And we don't focus on what we actually have. When we look at a donut, we think, great, it's done. There's nothing missing. We don't focus on the hole in the middle, do we? We focus on the donut and how much we want to eat it. But when we look at our lives, we quite often focus on what's missing. And that doesn't do us any good. Like I said, that's not going to improve our, our emotional health. That's going to damage it. So I've got another little rhyme for you to remember. And it's about thinking about donuts. So I'm sure we can do that. And the rhyme is, every new day, remember the goal. To focus on the donut and not on the whole. Did you like that rhyme? Easy to remember because it rhymes, and that's what I want you to do. But like I said, with a donut, you don't focus on the hole in the middle. So don't think about that in your life. There's nothing lacking in your life. God has given you everything that you need. All those things that you want, they're just wants. They're just extra things. You don't need them. There's nothing missing. You are whole and you are complete. God has given you everything that you need. Stop focusing on the holes in our lives. Focus on what we've got on the donut. So can you do that this week on top of the exercise that you're doing for your physical health? And for your emotional health, that's what I want you to remember. Every new day, remember the goal to focus on the donut and not on the hole. Can you do that this week? I'll be checking. Thank you so much. Enjoy. What wonderful words. Pastor Nick has for us next. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? I had a little Joey from Friends moment then, didn't I? Uh, so we're looking today at the next in our series, and we're looking at the, the topic, the issue of emotional well-being. You know, things go wrong over time by themselves, don't they? You know, things break, things go unnoticed. But sometimes fixing them doesn't happen by accident. And so we need to give attention to important things, especially when they're not as they should be. How are you feeling? There's a lot going on, isn't there? And I think on, on Wirral, we live in a peninsula. We live in a, a place that's surrounded on three sides by water, which moderates our climate. We don't get extremely cold times or extremely hot times. We're kind of middle of the road. And in normal times, when we've got all our friends around us, when we're in community, when we're all interacting together, the way that we feel can often be helped and moderated by the people around us, how they feel. When someone's up, someone else might be struggling, and the two together, we can help each other out. But when you're on your own, when you're in a much smaller bubble as we've become very used to, everything might seem a little more intense. Sadness is sadder. Worry is more worrying. Anxiety becomes fearfulness. When we see the media, when we get a constant bombardment of, of dramatic and often dramatically bad news, it, it can have a cumulative emotional effect on us. But acknowledging that, whilst it's, it's good, it's good to acknowledge it in each other, it's good to understand, it's good to put positive comments on social media and help each other that way. 
What I want us to do today is go a little bit deeper into thinking about the why. Why do I feel this way? Some time ago as a church, we, we looked at emotional good health and we used some books by a man called Peter Scazzario. Uh, things like The Emotionally Healthy Leader, The Emotionally Healthy Church, books like that. And we kind of discovered the fact that neglecting your emotions is not healthy. All the aspects of our personas interact with each other. Physical health, emotional health, they all interact with each other and our well-being as a person can be undermined by any one aspect not being as it should. So neglecting our emotions, not, not a healthy thing. And the way that we feel is not a rational decision that we choose to make. You don't wake up in the morning and say, right, let's have a little think about my circumstances. How am I going to feel today? Okay, I'm, today I'm going to feel happy. So I'll flick my happy switch and I'll go through the day happy. Doesn't happen. Emotional states are not something we necessarily consciously choose to adopt. We don't choose to be sad. We don't choose to be worried. It sneaks up on us. It happens. So we're, we're thinking a little bit about the why, why we feel the way we do. Children that have been through childhood trauma, family separation, at a very young age are emotionally affected. There's a, a a condition, a, a, an aspect of emotional life called uh, detachment. And what happens is children associate emotional response with a, with a trauma, which means that whenever they feel an emotion, a strong emotion, they don't know the best way to respond to that, to behave in an emotional state. So even though they might be experiencing a good emotion, the emotion stirs up an, an uncertainty inside them and they behave, they have a meltdown or they behave in a way that seems from the outside completely inappropriate. You know, you get a, a child in a, in a party where everything's great and suddenly they're just having a tantrum and you think, where's that come from? And it's because inwardly their emotions are stirred up by not what's happening now, but by something that happened a long time before. And children grow into adults with the same emotional situation if there hasn't been some kind of input or intervention to help that be better. Psychologists identify positive and negative emotions. Negative emotions are the ones that kind of demand an, an urgent response, fear makes us want to do something about it straight away. You know, we, all, we know the fight or flight response. I'm going to run away or I'm going to respond in an aggressive way because I'm afraid. Anxiety. Want to do something about this. Anger. These are the, the negative emotions. And then the positive emotions tend to be more reflective. Generally speaking, if you're feeling happy, you sit and enjoy being happy. It doesn't necessarily drive you to do something straight away. Serenity is a good example. By its very definition, it means you're going like, to be lounging, aren't you? Serenity is like a lounging emotion. It doesn't drive. It's there. Now, generally speaking, whilst both sets of emotions have a purpose, because emotions are not there to, to rule us. They're there to make life better. That's what emotions are for. Both positive and negative emotions have, have roles in life. Jesus' humanity illustrates this. You know, Jesus had an emotional life. As well as a physical life, he was human like us in every way, Scripture says which means he had emotions as we have emotions. God has emotions. Throughout scripture you read of God being angry when it was right to be angry, of being sad when it was right to be sad. God, when he made us in his image, the emotions he put in us are the image of the emotions that he has. He has. 
God therefore wants to help and to heal us when our emotions are not as they should be. For a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit grows good fruit in our life that makes for emotional health. In Galatians 5.22, we see the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, which very much speak of emotional good health. But these negative emotions I've referred to before, they're not designed, although they have a purpose and there is a place, they're not designed to be carried long term. Too much negativity in the long term will lead to, to kind of a burnout. We, we can't cope, we're not meant to cope with that kind of emotional life. Psychologist Barbara Friedrichson, she recommends a, a three to one ratio that to be emotionally healthy, you should have three positive emotional experiences for every one negative. Too much negative things, too much of the fear, anxiety, worry, that will burn us out. So we need to balance it out. I'm guessing that's easier said than done, isn't it? Uh, other psychologists don't agree with the same ratio, but they all agree with the same principle. But God is in charge of us overall, in charge of our whole character, including our emotional life. And you know, he has a way of using even the burnouts, even the difficult times to bring us to where we need to be. R.T. Kendall observed that God often reduces our options to one because we, we don't always make the right choices. We don't always get it right. So God sometimes has to take other things away. And when we look at the story of Elijah and we see him in chapter 19 of 1 Kings lying under a bush saying, Lord, I just want to die. I've just, I just can't do it anymore. He's reached the end of the road. He's only got one option left. He had no option but to cry out to God because he had nothing left in the tank. We might not be at that crisis point right now. Most of us probably won't be. But thinking of your emotional dials, that, that dashboard of dials that we looked at in the very first series, where is your emotional tank? Are you on the green and everything is great? Are you on the orange and you think, mm, there's a few alarm bells there, I'm, I'm not feeling, I'm feeling uncertain, or I'm feeling uh, unsettled? Or are we on the red? I'm just overwhelmed with fear or, or, or worry. Where is your emotional dial? We need to check ourselves and think about that sometimes because as I said before, we need to be mindful of our spiritual well-being. I'm just going to invite the, the band back to, to lead us in worship again now. But I want to leave you with a point to, just to think on as you're worshipping. Because having said all that about what emotions are, the good news is that God has a plan for our replenishment and our well-being. Before looking at some practical ways of, of looking at our emotional good health, I want to just add in a few extra thoughts around the, the subject of, of fear. Because it illustrates why our emotional health matters. If our emotional health isn't right, if something has a grip on us, it shouldn't have a grip on us. The most damaging part, the most damaging aspect of that can be the destruction, the erosion of our relationship with God. The presence or, or absence of fear has a huge impact on our emotional well-being. We, we can live free from fear. Not, not all fear is bad, you know. Uh, we learn that you don't put your hand in a fire by be, being afraid of being burned. It's, it's, there's a good link there. So not all fear is bad. But as Pastor Dave Smith, in, in his book that we're, we're working through, as he observes, we need to be set free from the kind of fear that prevents us from living the life God wants for us, which is the best possible life either by stealing our peace or by becoming a prison we can't break free from. We need to be free from that kind of fear. 
Are you gripped by fear at the moment? Well, you can live free from it. This next bit, you might want to make some notes on this, not because it's particularly spiritual, but if you enjoy watching the chase every day, which has become one of my major daily milestones now, improving your mind as well as your body, it's all important. Uh, the five most common fears people in the UK have, these are all likely to come up at a question at some point in the chase, I think. Uh, the fear of heights, which I always thought was vertigo, but apparently is a acrophobia, fear of heights. Fear of public speaking, uh, glossophobia. Do you know there's no fear of public listening? So I, I take that as encouragement that nobody is afraid of listening to me, so that, that's a good thing. Uh, the fear of snakes, I think this is quite a common one. I know uh, my wife can't even watch television programs with snakes on. Uh, did anybody see the, the video, the David Attenborough video with the, the iguanas escaping from the snakes? You must look it up on YouTube. It's, it's kind of inspirational, but also terrifying because these snakes just appear out of the sand. It's like, it's like a nightmare for Leslie. Quite funny for me watching Leslie watch it though. Um, the fear of flying, it's kind of an obvious one, aerophobia. And the fear of spiders, another one of Leslie's big ones, arachnophobia, which I think is a film as well, so people will know that one, no problem. There are other deep-seated fears, though, that affect us all. What One is a fear of failure. So we don't try things, we don't do something because we are afraid of failing at it. And another big one, the fear of people's opinion of us. How often what we do in life is shaped by what we think people might think of us if we do that. In 1 Kings 19, we see the dramatic impact of fear on Elijah. There are other factors as well. There's lots going on. But Elijah is driven, overwhelmed by fear when he runs. But then we see how God restored Elijah. Not just with one thing, but he sent an angel. The angel gave him food. He gave him a direction. Then he met with him, and then he gave him specific words. He spoke specific things into his life. And through that chain of, of events that God orchestrated, God restored him. These next four things are things that will help with our emotional well-being. Grace very kindly has given me the introduction already. Um, I, I, I'm not going to talk about donuts too much because it will distract me from my main thread but that was very helpful concentrating on, on the donut not on the whole uh, but these four things could also be described as characteristics of emotionally healthy people I've got to give credit to Professor Roger Bretherton for these four points but I'm also sneakily giving credibility to myself now by telling you that these come from a psychologist not just things that I've made up. There are also four things that both psychologists and the Bible agree on. So that's an interesting point as well. And the very first one is gratitude, as Grace kindly introduced before. An emotionally healthy person appreciates what they have. Epictetus, I think I've said that correctly. Other people say it differently, but I think I say it correctly. So, uh, the Greek philosopher said, he is a wise man who does not grieve for the things he has not, but for rejoices for those which he has. And the Bible in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 tells us, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So gratitude is, is positively beneficial to our emotional well-being, but it's also an expectation of God for those people who follow Jesus. It's good for everyone, but if you're a follower of Jesus, it's kind of expected. It's not enough, however, to just feel gratitude. And this is something about emotions that is worth keeping in mind. Feeling gratitude 
isn't enough. We also need to express it. The scripture verse says, give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't just say, feel that fuzzy gratitude in your heart, but just don't express it at all. We need to learn to express our gratitude. Some of you have already done that, I'm guessing, in the, in the chat. You've already put down the things that Grace suggested, you know, be the things that you're grateful for. But it's a good practice. When you're spending time with God, when you're in your beginning of the day or the end of the day, when you're reflecting, when you're praying, give thanks for those things which are good. Particularly in times of anxiety and worry, when you're looking out the window at a, a lockdown neighborhood and you're, at least you're inside in a nice safe house looking out the window. There are always good things that we can be given thanks for and it helps our emotional well-being. Hope, second one. An emotionally healthy person believes in a better future. Viktor Frankl, a writer who survived the concentration camps, regarded hope as the most essential thing that helped survivors survive. More important, he said, than, than physical well-being, that the, the hope kept people going. He related an experience of one gentleman who sadly had fixed in his mind, we're going to be set free at Christmas. We're going to be released at Christmas. That's kind of sadly reminiscent of our, our feelings in the run-up to Christmas with, with lockdown. But this man focused on it. And when it didn't happen, when the the prison gates were not open at Christmas. He just gave up. There, there was no hope to sustain him anymore. He just literally gave up and died. Hope, Victor Frankl said, is what gives us our spiritual hold. If you lose hope, you lose your spiritual hold. One of the reasons, potentially, probably, for Elijah's emotional collapse was an acute sense of, of disappointment. Imagine, imagine a situation after Mount Carmel where he has seen this incredible victory of God. The fires come down, it's burnt up the sacrifices. The prophets of Baal have, have been done away with. And I'm guessing in Elijah's mind now, this is the dawn of a new era. This is the breakthrough. The nation is going to return to God. The king and queen will repent. Everyone's life will be turned around. Injustice will be ended. It'll be a new day, a new civilization, a new community. And instead, the repentance didn't come. The king and queen remained hard-hearted. They saw this, but they didn't change. And suddenly now Elijah is in a, a situation where the other prophets have been taken. Some of them have been killed. He's on the run. All his hope was just quashed. And then God sent him an angel at his lowest ebb. Kicked him in the side. Get up and eat. And Elijah physically got up but kind of in that act of getting up he also kind of made a choice inwardly and you know we never saw him lying down again after that pastor dave smith says disappointment can overwhelm any one of us life is not perfect and challenges abound very often in this life as we come to god he will break through and bring turnaround in his way and in his timing. In this respect, I can have a greater basis for hope than Elijah, since my whole faith is based on the present reality of the risen Jesus, who paid for my sins on the cross and rose triumphantly from the grave. Elijah's plan was different from what God intended and when things didn't happen the way that he hoped they were his hope went we have a hope that is fixed not on our idea of God's plan but our hope is based on what Jesus has done he is risen and therefore we have a certain hope 
Romans 15.13 instructs us with a kind of a prayer that Paul prayed. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a good thing to pray for. Hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Third point, endurance. An emotionally healthy person makes suffering okay. Never make the mistake of thinking, if you're a follower of Jesus, that life's going to be great and perfect and nothing will ever go wrong again because when it does, and it surely will, you'll, be a du- you'll have a double shock. The shock of, I never thought things were going to happen bad again, plus the bad thing itself. We will all have problems, difficulties and traumas and we will all go through stuff without exception. As disciples, we are not so much saved from trouble as saved in trouble. The question is, what are we going to do with it? Paul wrote to Timothy in his second letter, verse of chapter 2 join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus what are we going to do when we need to endure final of the four points kindness an emotionally healthy person is never too cool to be kind kindness enables us to take ourselves out of the center doing things for others increases our well-being and that can be the big things, you know, the things that we can get involved with long term. We have got some great initiatives at, at Gateway World Church. You know, we are looking to do things to bless our community. We've got the social supermarket this, this just on the verge of opening. We've got the hampers of giving gifts to people who need just that little bit of extra help from time to time. We've got all the stuff that's going on in the transformed communities and all these things, all these opportunities are there. And if you yet to connect with them and you want to then you know get in touch as soon as you can that's great all these opportunities are there opportunities to give the support for the school in Bauchi in Nigeria all these things are all there but we also need to be doing the small personal acts of kindness all the time in our day-to-day lives and we need to do this deliberately and consciously and plan it because these things don't often happen by mistake we have to do it on purpose be kind on purpose our kindness blesses others as well as increasing our own well-being little side point when you're being kind save some kind words for yourself sometimes we think unkindly of ourselves we think of our failings we think of the hole in the donut not the donut sometimes we need to save kind words for ourselves. just going to invite the, the worship group to come back and while they do oh they're there already <laughs> uh, you'll notice that all those four characteristics of good emotional, emotional health are also four characteristics of the life of Jesus and it's no surprise maybe that us being made in the image of Jesus being emotionally healthy corresponds also with being Christ-like. Those four characteristics of an emotionally healthy person, they, they apply to all people. But there are some quite different potentials and possibilities for those people who, who follow Jesus, disciples of Jesus. We have a whole vista of, of opportunities that are there and unique and different and it's all because of God who is so much greater than we are. Our emotional well-being it is something that we can give attention to, we can focus on and we can see positively affected just right where we are so in a few moments I'm going to ask you to to again to to look at yourself emotionally I don't mean get upset and and, you know have a little cry or something although that has its place 
what I'm saying is to, to examine the, the whys, why, why am I feeling the way that I do, but in the light of these different aspects and in the light of some very important things about God. I want to remind you of something that is so foundational and yet so critical. You are loved by God. That's an absolute fact. That's an absolute reality for every human being on the face of this planet. God loves you. Do you believe that? Do you really fundamentally believe that is true for you? If you don't believe it, or if you're not sure, then the statement we made earlier, God has a plan for your replenishment and well-being, won't mean so much to you. Believing in God isn't just believing that he exists. That's, that's just a fact, God exists. It's more than that. It's believing in a way that affects us personally. It's believing God is who he says he is. That he can be taken at his words. That he can be trusted and is the center of everything. And he loves you. Again, to quote Pastor Dave Smith, the knowledge of being deeply loved by God is foundational for us if we are to experience increasing emotional, spiritual, and relational well-being. In a less obvious way, being reminded of God's love and care most likely paid a part in Elijah's own journey of emotional replenishment too. Let me remind you that the very first thing God did for his exhausted servant in the desert was to send an angel to touch him, speak to him, and feed him. That's what God has in mind for you. He wants to touch your life. He wants to speak into your life and he wants to feed you. If you truly accept, if you truly believe that God loves you, then to be open to those things, God touching your life right now potentially, God speaking into your life right now, God feeding you and sustaining you. If you are open to those things, then Emotional well-being isn't just a possibility, it's almost guaranteed. Caesar Kalinowski teaches that discipleship is a journey from a position, a place of unbelief to a place of belief, but belief in every part of our lives, not just belief in your religious life when you're sitting in a church believing facts about God but your whole life including your emotional life including that God is in charge that God can impact that God can bless the way you feel we're not ruled by our emotions as I mentioned before they're meant to help us have a better life that's why it's a good thing to examine where you are emotionally and to ask the question, what, why do I feel this way? Why do these feelings sometimes get hold of me? What, whatever your perspective is. Does the way you feel come from the security of a belief, of a certainty that you are loved by the living God? Reminding yourself of God's love for you that becomes the wellspring of gratitude, the attitude of gratitude that Grace described before. It becomes the wellspring of hope because it's a hope that is real based on what Jesus has done and who Jesus is. It gives us strength and courage to endure and to reach out in kindness. So where is your emotional dial 
at this time. Wherever you are emotionally, it's always good to examine yourself, to, to check it out. And particularly if you're dialed, if you're looking at your, your emotional tank and it's on empty or it's quarter full, it's on the red or the, or the amber, invite the Holy Spirit to both heal, because sometimes that's what we need, and to help you grow positive emotional fruit, positive fruit in your life. Remember that, that prayer that Paul wrote in Romans, that we can invite, we can ask the Holy Spirit to pour out hope by his power into our lives. God wants to do emotional good in us as well as all the other good things he wants to do. But you'll also need a measure of connectedness. Connectedness to God, that's the first priority, always the first priority. But God also puts in his plan for us being part of a family. Even in the situation with Elijah, if you remember when Elijah has gone through all this, this journey, if you like, of replenishment, God's plan to replenish him, the angel gets him up, feeds him, sends him on a journey, gets to Mount Horeb, and then he encounters God. And what's the final bit of stuff that God does with him? These are the people that are going to be around you and alongside you. You're not on your own. I have reserved others for me. You are not on your own and you're not meant to be. You might be a, a visitor to the church online now. You might not be connected with us. Please, if you're not and you're not connected anywhere else, then fill in the connection cards. Get in touch. Build those relationships. You may be considering some kind of connection with Jesus. I've spoken about who he is. Not just though an example, he's there to be connected with. And if you need to do that, again, there's a way of responding. Uh, it's as anonymous as you want it to be. You can click on the connect button and you will have the opportunity to have an online chat with a real person. These aren't robots or whatever they're called. I don't really know those. I don't understand them kind of things. It is real people from, from the, the, the church family here. And they'll be able to uh, interact as much as you want. And if you have questions, if you want to be more involved, if you want to know more about Jesus, more about us, great, that, use that opportunity. There's also the prayer button. That works very simply. You click on it and then a message will go saying, what would you like us to pray for? And you say, I'd like you to pray for this. And then we pray. It's, it's as simple as that. Again, it's real people from the, the, the church team here. That's one way of connecting. But we need more than that, don't we? We need connections more than that for our emotional well-being. And I'm not talking about professional emotional help, although that has its place and, you know, th th there's a time and a place for all these different measures. But we also just need friends. So our church, like all churches, is not just about this event, great though it is. It's also about being connected in small families and there are the communities within church based in different local neighbourhoods and we looked at the moment to connect through Zoom, WhatsApp, video calls. But I know personally with my, my community, we generally connect in some way four or five times a week with individuals or with the whole group or parts of the group. Basically, as much as people want and need, we're there for each other. And this emotional well-being, to be able to say to someone, I'm struggling today, but not to leave it there, to go to God together and see change come, see hope replace despair, see gratitude swallow up anxiety, and to live free from fear. That combination of God's power with relationships of blessing and the miracle of miracles, suddenly we become those who bring God's blessing to our town, to our community, to those around us. What a wonder God is doing, even in 
times such as this. I'm going to finish with a prayer for all of us. And I'm going to pray around a scripture that I neglected to read before. And it's a prayer about doing. But really, it's a prayer about being. Being who we're meant to be. If you need to connect with Jesus, that's your first priority because that changes everything. And I'm going to pray concerning that. But having connected with Jesus, we are also nudged in the side by the angel and reminded that sometimes we need to get up. Let me pray. Father God, I pray for every person watching who needs that connection with you. Lord, I pray you will lead them by the hand. You will answer the questions of the heart by your Holy Spirit now. And Lord, take away any fear that they may have of the change that will come because you always bring change. Lord, give them grace to trust you and to put their lives into your hands, the hands of the God who loves them. And for those of us walking hand in hand with you, may we experience the reality of this Bible verse. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. For Lord, this describes you, Lord Jesus. So please clothe us, your people, with you. Amen. The Lord bless you. Once again, it's been such a delight to be able to share together as a church this morning. And uh, we know uh, that taking what God has been doing in our lives, we can go and have wonderful weeks with him. Just to um, invite you um, to journey together with one another as we go through the week. We as a church, we don't just gather, but we get going into what God has for us together. And we have these things called transform communities. We would love to help you to connect with other like-minded people who are exploring God's goodness and grace and seeing how they can be a part of his transforming work in the world. So again, hit us up, get in touch. We'd love to help you to connect. Anything that you need, any prayer requests, do let us know. And we'll love to see you again this time next week. God bless you and bye for now.